is there some point of connection that's relevant to me in my age group? Or maybe I'm young, a student, I'm middle-aged, I'm getting older. Is, have they got, you know, a diamonds group or a... That's what I need, actually. I'm, I'm ready for the diamonds group. What do we used to call it? The fine vintage. Hope diamonds. Are, I like fine vintage for obvious reasons, but fi, you know, I've been in the barrel a long time, so I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good vintage. Daughters, you're really not allowed to laugh too loud. At that People are looking for good Bible-based teaching. That's so important. They want it to be relevant to their lives. They want to understand it. They want to feel informed and grow in their knowledge of God through the knowledge of Scripture. And actually, surveys, many surveys show that people are attracted to churches with a, a well-organized, well-published teaching program that they know ahead of time what the topics are and there's a progression coming through. Because people want to learn. Um, <clears throat> and that's something else we don't do. So I'm just... <laughs> people want to feel close to God in the meeting. Uh, they want their church to be. They want their church to be outward looking, even if they don't feel they're very outward looking. Right? So they want the church to have people in it that are doing evangelism, who are passionate about social action, even if they don't feel it's their groove. They're happy. It's important that the church they're in has some people in it who do. Yeah. All right. Um, and you could add in perhaps that it's got a bit of an exciting vision and goals got some credible looking leadership that don't look so silly and you know they love one another it's reasonably well organized how, how am i doing now this is not a list of all the things we're good at all right i'm saying this is a list of things that people want they want outreach they want good teaching they want community they want welcome and 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 they come into environments like ours with expectations, and we even have those expectations, and they're good, and they're Bible-based, and they're what lots of other places do. And I just want to be really honest with you, there are churches that do exegetical Bible information teaching much better than we do. This is not knocking any of our, we've got great life groups, by the way, but there are people who do life group structures and organization and rolling that thing out way better than we do. There are churches that do evangelism better than we do, that do social action better than we do. So you're like, well, what the heck do you do? (laughs) Isn't that the reason you're here? Well, actually, (laughs) no. The kind of people you need to run that kind of environment are organizers and people lovers and, and, and servers and, and, and more organizers. And you can tell things that are not particularly in my gift set. Um, because you need order and certainty and, and a bit of faith to keep things exciting. Um, and then what's happened, so that kind of thing trundles along. That, that list and, and some form of it lives in Christian 
thought and Christianity, Christendom in the UK in some form or other. And then people get a bit bored with it and have got a bit fed up with it because it just feels slightly like, even if we're doing all those things, it's not quite working. So you've got people who've developed things that, that they call them the emerging or emergent church, which is more exploratory, often slightly smaller groups because they want authentic relationships. They want to be able to explore the meaning of the Bible more rather than being told from the front what to believe. Uh, and then you've got other people who think, well, the church is still small, and we're not reaching the community, we're not reaching out. So you have churches have got have thought through and they're really passionate about reaching the lost and, 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 and drawing in fringe people and they've found out new exciting ways to get people to come to church. All that's happening all around us and we're here not doing that very well. And we're still here. But actually, some of these new things, the emerging, emergent church, I've looked at that, and some of these other expressions, which, you know, listen, I'm, this isn't a critique. This is great that this stuff is happening, that there's momentum. There's un- this is, but actually, a lot of them are actually remixes of the same stuff that I just talked about. How do we do outreach better? How do we do community better? How do we do Bible teaching better? How do we make it more relevant? How do we glue people? It's people, 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 people. How do we reach people, make people happy, teach people, grow them to be more like better people in Jesus? Because all these things actually make me, us, the focus of church life. I'm a person. Hands up if you're not a person this morning. Just be, We would like to know. There may be some angels sitting in the room. You never know. Unawares, we'd like to know because we want to look after you really well because we'd like more to visit. But <laughs> I don't know if angels pay tithes. So maybe, maybe we don't too many of them if we're on that track, eh? Um, they maybe have less issues, though. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just saying. <coughs> so, all these sort of values, all these activities, all these things that are important and, and have biblical foundation, don't get me wrong, all these things make us people-focused and ultimately church-focused. The thing that Jesus said he will build, we get really busy trying to build that because we're trying to help everybody get more mature, everybody connect, everybody reach out, people that are reached out to get connected and so on and so on and, and our kids, we train them and on and on and on and, and, and this is a busy life for a church leader because he's supposed to be, the leadership team is supposed to be making all this happen. So it makes us very church-focused, building the church. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. There is something that can happen, though, in that, is that actually the church, as it's structured, actually starts to exploit you. Because it has needs, it has goals, it has a destination. 
And, and, and if we come in, like I did as a young believer, and I'm, I'm, I'm needy, I'd love some appreciation, I'd like a little bit of recognition, and I realize that if I can become a life group leader, or we used to call them house groups back in the day, if I'm a house group leader, I feel like somebody, and I'll work quite hard to get that recognition and to feel like I'm, I'm in the groove with the, that's how we used to talk back then, the, 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 I'm, I'm in with the in crowd, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling powerful because I have recognition from people I think are powerful, the leaders, yeah, and they spot me and they go and they give me and, and, and people all around church come with those kind of needs of appreciation and, and a, bit of, a bit of affirmation. And so they buy into programs and they buy into structures and they, they slog their guts out. And then when they're burned out, they end up discarded, discouraged, and leave church, many of them. Or they sit at the back row because they're burned out. And we just find some new enthusiastic people who need to be recognized and affirmed to run our programs and get promoted. There's something wrong with the whole thing, even though you can give me Bible verses for nearly everything I've said except burning people out. You can't give me a Bible verse for that. But the reason that that thing happens is because we have a perspective on what church is about and what we have to keep sustaining for it to be the, the real deal. Do you, is this just following me so far? You're allowed to talk. Okay, I want to say categorically and without fear of contradiction that Hope Church is not about this stuff. We have been passionately and uh, determinedly and somewhat with some difficulty pursuing a completely different agenda to what I just explained. But if you come with that set of expectations, and many of us had them or still have them, Hope Church, that transition away from all that to the something else is actually quite confusing, painful, isolating, hurtful. Yeah? Because yeah. it's like, ooh. Well, it's not like it used to be. So, well done for still being in the room. And actually, I should have asked for people who've been here less than five years, came, didn't understand it, and stayed. I mean, well done you as well. That's just that awesome. You see, we've also, as leadership, we've also been figuring this out. But we've not wanted to change the tune. We're not going to change the tune. Even if it's painful, it's difficult, it's, it, it, you can feel disconnected because, A, it's difficult to connect to, and B, it's difficult to understand what's going on. Because our energies have not been in the direction that we were all used to going. We are actually absolutely not about you. So you can cancel your tithe now. You can, you can leave if you want to. But Hope Church is not about people first. Just look at somebody and tell them he's talking about you. <laughs> it's a painful thing. It's like, what? The church is not for me? Uh, no. The danger is if you make church about you, you can end up being manipulated by church. 
As much as it's comforting and comfortable to feel like everybody's working really hard to train your children, bring you to maturity in Christ, find a nice welcome group, create a small group structure that you feel happy with, teach you the Bible really excellently and doctrinally soundly, you feel really good about all that focus. The outcome can be that you get discouraged because it's never meant to be about you. And even the way that church is portrayed in the media over decades now, it's actually just portrayed as it's meant to be this super caring organization that's led by people who are really like social workers. And if your social needs are not being met by the social workers, then it's not a caring church. Well, we're hands up, guilty as charged. Thanks. I don't believe any of our leadership team are called to be social workers. Now, in this, this journey, this transition that we're on, it is a shocking and painful realization to know that you are not the priority of the environment. And that the leadership may be actually pursuing another priority. It's not that you're not important. It's not that you're not of primary importance. There's something called God. Remember him? Something happened to us seven or eight years ago. And we actually realized that what we were supposed to be at, number one, was his presence. And because his presence is number one, you can't avoid the kingdom being number one because the kingdom is his presence. Wherever, if the kingdom is God's domain, God's rule, wherever he is, the kingdom is. Wherever the kingdom is, he is. If we seek first his presence, we seek first his kingdom, all these other things are going to happen. Actually, Jesus is going to build his church. And for Someone like me, that's quite a scary thing because I have to stop trying to build it and trust that Jesus is going to build it. And for some of our leadership team, it's quite a scary thing because we have to trust that Jesus is going to build it. We're not unaware that people feel disconnected, confused, and in pain and all going, what's going on in this church? And we're like, well, we're just going after God and we're trying to get you to come with us. But our number one priority is him and his kingdom. And let's all go there together. Is this making sense? Well, I don't understand the worship. I don't understand worship. I don't understand worship sometimes. I mean, we have the most heroic worship leaders ever. I remember chatting to them now a few years ago. They are, do you know how much courage it takes to do this in front of 150 whatever people 200 people and go, um, you know, we're right in the center. We just finished the song. We maybe have a song list, but you know what? We want to follow the presence. We want to go with what Holy Spirit is doing, and we don't know what that is. So we're, we're just going to hang around for a bit. <laughs> and you can see them do it. You can see them going, 
I mean, they put a smile on there, try and look as confident as possible, but really they don't know what to do next, is what's really going on. But listen, that takes a lot of guts not just to jump into the next song and not... And actually, one of the things they're also doing is giving space for you to do something. So it's not... It doesn't become a show. One of the other things about our, our bands and our, our worship leaders, they're not performers. They're here helping us encounter this presence of God, all of us together, and express our worship however it's coming out of us. So I'm so glad we're beginning to have flags waved. Other stuff is going to happen because we need to bubble up in worship together. So they're looking for our song to come out, not just us to listen to their song coming at us. But it takes, it takes courage. Got my cheerleaders on the side here now. This is really good. <laughs> I've got a lot else to say. I can't say that again. <laughs> How are we doing? Are we not hurting too much? I can pray for healing, emotional healing right now. <laughs> Holy Spirit, the comforter is here. That is my reassurance in this preach, okay? Um, and I, please don't hear in this preach that I'm saying as a leadership we've got everything right, that I've got everything right in this journey. That is absolutely not true. But I would rather take the journey, hit bumps in the road, make mistakes and learn than stay in where we were because I believe presence of God is what the planet needs. The kingdom of God is our passion. And we actually never fully come home to God until we understand that. That church and life is not about me, but it's about my intimate relationship with the Father, number one. And that he welcomes me, that he embraces me, and he celebrates me. And there is no gap. It should be called the No Gap Church. There's no distance between him and me. That's a freebie, not in the notes. So I'm sorry if it felt painful, disconnecting. It probably still will for a while. We do teach the Bible. I actually believe this is teaching the Bible. Some of you look at me like, hmm. Not sure you haven't mentioned a Greek word yet. (laughs) Ecclesia, that's church. There's a Greek word. You kind of feel happier about that. (laughs) I'm feeling naughty today. um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to feel naughty. Anyway, we we won't go there. Um, so a lot of the things that would be good to have, we haven't been doing that well. And that's also been challenging for our gifted pastors and teachers because for them, they're aware of that ah, in Hope Church and they want to fix it because they love people. They don't want any ah, in the church at all. They want civilization to break out in any community. They want come by They want it to be good. They want you to feel connected. They want you to be discipled. They want you to be trained. They want you to be known. They want you to be known and to know others. And all those things we need. Don't really don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the church has been driven by those concerns as primary concerns for too long. And we've been changing the gears, and at times it's like. I don't know if you ever, ever drove a car without synchromesh. If you even know what that is, this 
this is already not working, but there used to be a day where it wasn't easy to change gear in ca cars, and, and if you got it wrong, it would just all go all kinds of... <coughs> and eventually you'd find second. <laughs> That's kind of like Hope Church over the last five years, probably. <laughs> so our teaching, is, teaching isn't targeted primarily at you primarily at your understanding. I don't prepare, for instance, I'm not preparing a message that you can go away and think, wow, I did a really thorough job of that. I understood everything he said. That is not my goal. And it's not the goal of all. all. Some of us are more gifted Bible teachers than others in our team. But just talking about me, that's not my goal. I want you to go away and think. I want you to go away and be forced to get your Bible out for yourself and go, what the heck did he say? Because that is outrageous and I need to check him out. If they've achieved that, I'm very happy. That means I have to do some work. Yeah, I'm not doing the work for you. I'm trying to stretch us into the fresh things that God is doing and saying. I'm actually more concerned about what God's doing in the preach, the encounter dimension, than just pure understanding. Although I'm not saying understanding isn't important. Phil did a great preach on that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I did all that. I did that. I've done well, I've done well, just so you know. I've got a really long way through the notes, so we won't be here till Christmas. <laughs> See, as we prioritize his presence and his kingdom, amazing things happen that we didn't even pray for because he shows up and takes care of things that we thought we should take care of. Because the old way of doing it, you could generate an organizational structure that didn't need God. If you were good at being an organizer, good at being other talents, then it was possible to create an environment that had structure and care and didn't need Holy Spirit. It would be nice if he was there, but could function without You can also create an environment where people do not have to grow up. So one of the under, if, if you like, is presence is the biggest thing that we're after. The presence of the kingdom, the presence of the king means the kingdom has come. Then the next thing is that we actually believe people are powerful. And that is, that. That means you can take responsibility for your life and for your walk with Jesus and for making relationships with other people in a healthy way. We actually believe that. But that means that we don't expect to be the ones providing things for you that perhaps in the past you thought you needed provided. Is, it, is this making sense? That is health for us because that prevents the possibility of manipulation and abuse 
some of you are nodding like you know what I'm talking about. We have to line up with what Scripture says about how all of us are loved, all of us are empowered, all of us have Christ living inside of us, all of us are new creatures. You're all awesome and you're all world changers. Now we all face challenges and and, and we're all going to help one another along the way, but you are powerful in God. You can carry responsibility, first of all, for your own life, then for your own family, and then for whatever other job responsibilities you have. At that point, you can rule as a king or queen in life because of the grace to you that is Jesus living inside of you. We want to treat you as awesome, lead you like you're awesome, help you believe you're awesome, because that way we're actually going to change the world. Actually, I believe that, that the Father cares for us better than any human institution could possibly do. And I think we have yet some more things to learn about the Father's love and the depths of penetration of that to the depths of the darkness and pain of the human heart. I believe he's already there delivering you. <laughs> so we're all about encountering him, not just on Sunday. His presence, priority at home, in the car in your study, in the garden. You can have some of your best encounters doing the gardening. And and bound up in all this is this thing, I've just called it attesting miracles. We've gone after miracles. And we're still going after miracles. And should I tell you why? I'm going to tell you, so... (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. If there are no attesting miracles, we don't have any authority to speak to our generation. And we we should have no expectation that the world would believe that we're sons and daughters of God. I haven't got time to go into it, but if you look in the Gospel of John, that's what Jesus said of himself. You don't have to believe that I'm the Son of God if I don't do the works of God. Why should it be different for us? They've been our priority. So it's really important that we've spent a lot of energy setting up Hope School of Supernatural Life because we want to learn what it is to live a supernatural life. That, that we, know that we're, we know who we are, we're sons, and as we know that we're sons and daughters, actually what happens is the attesting miracles happen around us because we know who we are. And he shows up in that way around people who know who they are. So we've spent a lot of energy doing stuff like that and changing our worship and, and teaching on identity. And we've been pouring into all kinds of things that don't fit the other grid that I outlined for you at the beginning of, of the talk. It's a gear shift. It's a priority shift. It's a, it's a, it's a vision shift. It's a values change. It's a, it's a major cultural upheaval that we have been in. So hallelujah, well done Hope Church. You're still sitting in the room and some of you are still paying your tithe. Glory! I hope you hear the Father's well done, not just my well done. Oh gosh, running out of time now. It, 
feels like we're at a, a shift point where over the next period we're going to be able to roll out pastoral teaching, evangelistic cultures inside the context of the thing we've been driving for over the last six years or so. So all the things that I talk about I think are going to get revisited, reinvigorated, but inside this new cultural context that I've been trying to describe to you. So it will look and feel different and it will still be all about him Our pastorally gifted people, our teaching gifted people, our evangelistically gifted people will start to find greater and easier expressions for their gift inside this thing called an apostolic prophetic culture, which is primarily about his presence and the kingdom, which is what we've been trying to do. And we will keep, we're not going to change the tune. We're just moving on our way towards that. So, we have to really celebrate. I mean, if you feel inside of you like, you know what, my real passion is as a, as a pastoral person, my real calling is teaching, my real calling is to social action, and I've been confused in this church where I fit. Thank you. We just want to honor you. I know it's not been easy to figure it out. Thanks that you're still looking at me, still sitting here. I believe that will get easier in the next year to come. <laughs> we put our energies into presence, miracles, making church a place of heaven's activity, figuring out what it means when angels show up in the room because they just kept happening. In the early days of this, they, they're still happening, but in the early days they happened and we didn't know what the heck to do with that. We've been talking about identity and trying to move out of a servant mentality into sonship which means you have to break the model because the people that are in the community define the nature of the community. So you have a community of servants, the community feels different to a community of sons. We've been talking about and discovering the goodness of God at a radical new level and we've been trying to figure out what on earth is honor and freedom in the church. Because I believe where we're headed is that the nations are going to come to us for our wisdom. I believe that where we're headed is that the nations have come to us for our creativity and our breakthrough. But that requires us to make this transition into fully know who we are and fully know who he is and actually be free to think and even be forced to think out of the box so that we can create new solutions, new way forward and fill the earth with the image of Jesus. Whereas we had a very boxed up system, he had lots of do's and don'ts and needing lots of permission to do lots of things rather than being able to happen as powerful, creative, individual people who are here to change planet earth right where God has placed us. That's who we are. And we've often said here, actually our impact is much bigger than how many people can sit in a room on a Sunday morning. Our kingdom footprint is your week. It's everything that happens in your week. Okay, I'm going to come into land. Oh. <sighs> so really, I think I'm asking, I'm doing two things this morning. I'm saying, well done. It's not been easy. Probably won't always be easy. And I'm also saying, 
Are you up for the rest of the journey? There's going to be more freedom. There's going to be more miracles. There's going to be more presence. It's going to be more confusing. We're also going to get better at doing pastoring and teaching and evangelism and social action, but it's all going to happen in this context of the presence of God. So when we do social action, we don't want just to hand people cans of beans and, 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 and actual physical concern. We actually want to hand them the presence of God with the can of beans. Maybe in the can of beans. Somebody's going to have an idea of impartation. To I mean, that's out of the can thinking. So if you feel, yeah, it's been difficult. Yeah, but I'm up for the journey. Just stand with me would you, for the, as we, we close out this morning. I'm up for this. I don't understand it, but I'm up for it. I'm up for the kingdom of God. I'm up for the presence of God. I want more of him in my life. I want to express more of him through my life and out of my life. So, Father, just uh, I know you absolutely love this church. <laughs> I know you don't think we're perfect, but I know you do think we're lovely. And uh, I, just, I, I know you're just seeing our hearts right now. And I ask that you would, uh, would wreck us more with your love. You would give us more revelation how to make this kingdom thing of yours uh, a reality in our midst. How to express it, how to take it to the nations, how to take it to our city. But also, God, how to take it to ourselves. And we ask you in your son's name. Jesus. Thank you. I pray for everybody here who maybe feels confused or alone or upset or doesn't know. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you be what you said you were, the comforter. The comforter. Help us find the connections we need. Find the understanding. You are the teacher, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. You are our guide. And we really need you to teach us and guide us. There aren't formulas or pre-packaged answers. There is a person. He's the Holy Spirit. So we just commit our hearts to that again. Father, thanks for the journey. Thanks for the heroes sitting in front of me right now. Thanks for the heroes in the leadership team. Thanks for the heroes in the band and the people that have pushed through and pushed on. In Jesus' name, amen.